Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dave. And guess what? We're back for We're another back episode. Again. <laughs> episode 89. 80, 80, 88. 88. We're a little confused because once again we're doing two episodes in a night. Yes, which means all that Irish stuff you heard last time. We'll try to avoid it tonight. Yes, yeah. We're Today, try to re- this repeat. episode, we will not repeat. Yep. And this game is about a really cool game. Advanced Squad Leader, love it. I, I love it. Hopefully, we'll get to talk a little about games we've been playing lately because and, and actual game stuff. I've rather actually than been last episode, which was a lot of our art review books and yeah, books and stuff, cool and things. things. Yeah. And we hope, well, a lot of our letters say people love that just as much as the ASL. They like to hear us talk. They like to hear the topics. They like so, to hear a book review. Yeah. So here we go. What should we start with? Letters. Oh, good idea. Still got more. Uh, we don't need the orchestra. We can do it. We can do it without them. Jeff, look at all the birds that are around the room. <laughs> They're landing on my fingers. <laughs> I think you've had too Whistle much of the Telmordu. <laughs> I haven't had any Telmordu. It's a new episode, so yeah, that's right. So we're starting from zero. Fresh night. Well, I have a letter from Dennis Donovan. And he says, hello, Jeff and Dave. The Dennis Donovan? The Dennis Donovan, yes. Frequent contributor. Yeah. He says some stuff about, actually, having not been listening lately, but now he's been playing an MMO game, and now oh. he's back to listening. So we think we... MMO, multi... Uh, um, massive multiplayer yeah, online, online role-playing game. game. Yes, indeed. Which one? Did he say which one? World of Tanks. Oh yeah, that's that is a. Um, it's one of the few. I think it may be the only MMO that's World War Two. Yeah, well, he says it's perfect for history buffs, model builders, and ASLers. Yeah, and I guess I'm all three of those, but I'm not playing. Oh, an get MMO. into that, Dave. Yeah, no, you've got time. Because you've when got you do time. that, see what he's saying here. He hasn't been listening because he's no. been doing that. And if I listen, I won't be building models. You've got time between two in the morning and <laughs> six. Yeah, and I won't be playing ASL anymore. Um, I have finished my Dracula, Broadway Dracula model kit. <laughs> Broadway, well, Broadway it, jacket? Yeah, Dracula. Super. Is that the one in the, dressed all in <laughs> no, white with the beautiful, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Although when I worked at the theater. Broadway Dracula. Well, I won't tell that story now. But <laughs> no, it's a Mobius kit. There's this company called Mobius. Okay, for you model buffs, I know that we found one guy when we talked about the bison model kit you were so happy that somebody <laughs> one listener with you on the bison <laughs> and the original aurora kits right yeah and so mobius is this company great company and they did a the never issued aurora model kit that should have been the invisible man hard to do right and or cool. easy or they easy had to do taken off the rope oh, the okay. string on the head the, oh, the yes. tape on the, the head. bandage it's not, it's yeah the recall problem it's not tape. It's not string. Yeah. It's bandages. String. string. The bandages on the head. And so it, it spirals up, and there's nothing inside the head. Yeah. It, and it's, I haven't built it yet. I have that from like two or three years ago. Wow. I can't wait to see that. And, that actually sounds very cool. And then I grabbed the – then they issued new kits that were better Dracula Lugosi than the 
original Dracula Aurora kit. Okay. This is Lugosi. I don't know if they had special rights or whatever. They're larger scale. And I looked at them for a while. Oh, I should get that, you know. Yeah. And then finally I got them. I saw them on eBay, all three. The Mummy, Frankenstein, and Dracula grabbed all three for about a half price or a little more of what they normally would have cost me. Problem was someone else built them, and I didn't realize, oh, I'm going to have these problems. I can't paint them because they're built, so I had to break the feet off, and I had to saw through. And, oh, and then you got to get out the epoxy again and, and then sit I there for pay- 10, 20 minutes, the five-minute <laughs> no, epoxy. No, that was the metal kits. Oh. The plastic glue works really quick. That's a oh, great okay. glue. You can okay. just hold five seconds and done. And breathe deeply. And take <laughs> no, a little don't, trip don't while you're standing deeply. there. No, no. <laughs> Picture <laughs> yourself on a boat on a river. Uh, feed your head. <laughs> So, <laughs> I take it you don't want me to talk about the model no, kits. No, I do. I actually oh. want to know about the model kits. So, yeah, yeah i got to break them apart and then prime them up so I can paint them three-dimensional yeah. all around. And <laughs> anyway, point being, I finished Broadway Dracula. Great-looking kit. And I've just finished Frankenstein. Now, so, the mummy's still waiting. And my wife bought me the newest Mobius kit for Christmas, The Bride, which is Frankenstein and The Bride. And it's the scene where he's holding her hand, reaching out to touch her hand, and she's recoiling in shock. Oh. The best scene in the whole film, The yeah. Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. I'll bet you, that's really nice that Laura did that, but I'll bet you if I asked her what she bought you, <laughs> she would not be able to tell me. <laughs> well, but that's I a, bought him a, uh, oh, I bought but, him a, uh, I, bought, I bought him a, uh, can you, can I get back to you? <laughs> <laughs> But isn't that a unique enough gift that she would remember that? Well, you would think. Yeah. But she's not into that stuff the same. No, she didn't buy me that kit. Sorry, I bought that myself. She ruins the whole thing. She bought me the reissue Aurora bride kit, which is just her on the slab. Yeah. Which I never had as a kid. So that completed my Aurora kit collection from my childhood. Oh, that's great stuff, though. 40 years later. You know, we should put pictures of that stuff on, because I know you put the bison on there, but we should well, put the pictures yeah, of the stuff that you've finished, because well, you really I would do be a glad to job. stick them yeah. on there. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Um, oh, Dennis Sonovan sent us a letter. Okay. Is that where yeah. we were? Is that where? Oh, but we digress. And he says, I also sent you a Christmas present. I wanted to be up front and let you know that it is belated. Hopefully it won't give you two Joes the willies when you see it. A lot of hints there, and the present mm. was a wi- book, oh, Jeff. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And it is called... A delightful book. Up front. It does It does give the willies. Yeah. Joe and Willie. They're the two characters in Bill Malden's book. Bill Malden's book. Yeah, Bill Malden. That is the correct name. Up front. Yes. Uh, Sergeant Bill Malden was a cartoonist. Yeah. During World War II. Yep, and that art show was at the Cantini when I took my boys. Remember, we talked about it on the yes, air before? that's right. I wonder if that's why Dennis grabbed that book for us. That but could be. It's a fantastic cartoonist, Jeff. You want to read that first or after me? Or? I, well... It's a quick read. A we'll we'll wrestle over it later. Okay. We'll figure it With out. With our pants on? Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Extra <laughs> pants. I'm going to put on two pairs of pants if I'm going to have to wrestle you. <laughs> It's possible oh. that I saw some of this. Uh, we do, uh, we'll actually be talking about this on a future episode, but Rich Spilkey and I went down to the Pritzker Military oh, Library yes, in Chicago you did. And I heard to Rich watch a-, a speaker. Yes, and you, 
you listen to this. <coughs> this this is the man, uh, Paul Rand is his name. He is the man who finished the third book in the trilogy of the biography of Winston Churchill. It's uh, William Manchester wrote the first two books, and Paul Rand, using William Manchester's um, notes, assembled the third book and put it together. Anyway, we went to see him speak, and we were at the Pritzker Military Library, and I swear they had some of Bill Malden's work on the, on the walls. walls. Yes. And bang. So we got to go down there and look at that stuff. I'm sure they did. And yes, I heard, I was listening to Jeff, well, I was listening to the podcast of that episode on Churchill, because they download automatically to my iTunes. Mm-hmm. From the Pritzker podcast. Yep, and you can... Website. We mentioned this. Jeff was the one that introduced me to the Pritzker probably two years ago. Yeah. In this early episode of our show, we linked it. And uh, so as I'm listening on my exercise bike, I'm like, I better hear Jeff and Rich ask a question. Better hear Rich and Jeff ask a question. And sure enough, I heard Rich Spilkey ask a question. Yeah. I was like, yes. And then, Jeff, you didn't ask a question. I actually had the microphone in my hand. I was going to be next, but they ran out of time. Oh. Yeah. So, but Rich and I will be talking about that, like I said, in a future episode. We're going to have Rich on to go over because he's got the more charts. tables, more charts, yeah. and tables. We called him a month ago and had tech problems. So yeah, couldn't do it. And now, uh, thank you so much, Dennis Donovan, for this book. Yeah, it looks it looks really good. Uh, email here from Jack Garitza. Glad I could help the cause. He records our. Greatest ASL player in the world. And he, we love it. We love it. Um, I'm not sure why we posted, why you put this letter on for me to read. Oh, I think just to say thank you again, Jack. Then yes. I will do that. Thank you again, Jack. <laughs> but we did that last yeah. show. <laughs> well, I have one from Bill Forg, and he is saying he found his our podcast early. I found your podcast early on in my ASL interest, but I didn't start listening until last fall. And started on show number one. I finally listened to the most of the shows. And when I heard my name credited for an item on the most interesting ASL player in the world, recorded by Jack Gritza, <laughs> I, I, um, I got very excited. Well, we're glad we could bring you some yeah. excitement, Bill. He says, I was like Steve Martin in The Jerk when the new phone books <laughs> arrived. Yes. I know the feeling. And people always think, oh, they mentioned my name on the radio. Well, it's not the radio. It is it is a podcast. Uh, <laughs> so here's a guy quite the same. who knew about us probably for years and didn't bother to listen yeah. <laughs> until lately. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, well, welcome aboard, Bill. Lucky him. So, yeah. So, so That's nice. So glad you're expanding your artistic interest in life. Yeah. And so he wrote us a letter, and he talks some more. Uh, oh, at the, he's going to be at the Open this year. ASL All right, Open. Go All for right. it. We're going. We're going. We are going for yep. one day, at least Saturday. Yes. Yes. And he says, um, gives his background in gaming. I won't read that again here, but he says he has a question for us, which is, can he join Passel? He lives in, in Naperville. Oh, well. Wow. No. Let's say no. <laughs> Let's say no. Let's say no. And I already emailed him. And said, yes, he Did you could. say yes? Oh. So I added Bill to our list. Crap. And hope to get him introduced to some more players, and we'll see you at the Open. Did you tell him about the entrance fee? Oh, it has to, to be paid in Club. advance? No, because yeah. Mr. Cobble donated all our second ah, set of materials, yes, Jeffrey, yes, yes, and he yes. saved everyone. Yeah, he did. Having to pay an entrance fee. Yeah, he did. Very nice of him. He'll go down in history. <laughs> 
Email here from Jason B. And I think Jason is local as well. I think Jason is he the B. One from down the one, too? Yeah. Oh, well, Downers Grove or yeah. somewhere down there. Well, he's he's yeah. close to uh, Bill Ford now. Yeah. Oh, and Bill, you're living by uh, Rich Spilkey. Yes. Naperville area. That's well, also why pretty I close. There. Rich is in Downers Grove. Yeah. It's oh, down that way. Well, closer than us here. Yes. But. And for those of you that want to look at it on the map, it's about this far away from there. <laughs> I'm holding my fingers like this. Jason left a comment on our episode 86. Get your barricades on. Jason writes, some music about Santa Claus and Step in Time would occasionally interrupt the podcast <laughs> yeah. for a bit. Not sure if you guys knew. Well, it's funny because I rarely listen to the podcast once we do it, you know. So I didn't know. But I saw this uh, email or this message from Jason, and so I listened, and sure enough, Dave, doggone it. <laughs> uh, I turned my back for a moment, and you're splicing in music. Okay, but I didn't do any cartoon No, you voices. didn't do cartoon voices. And it was actually tastefully done. So Hopefully not too much. Yeah. But thanks, Jason, for the heads up. I appreciate that. <laughs> Gotta keep... We have a... Uh... Posting on our YouTube channel from Jacob Brock. I was listening to one of your ASL shows and tells, show and tells, and heard you say that y'all were the ASL matchmakers. Well, he's. I've been trying to find a group to play. Hope you can help out. It says, I live in Denton, Texas, which is North Texas. I'm a student at the University of North Texas. So I have a good amount of free time to devote to ASL. Hello, Texas ASL guys. Yeah. And I'm not too far away from Dallas. About a 45-minute drive from where I am. Thanks for your help. All right. Matchmakers into action. Yeah. Get we out need there. Our Texas ASL friends, Sam. Right. Et cetera. Uh, Matt. <laughs> Matt. Chostak. Others. Others. G- give us an email. Shoot us an email right away. Uh, give us permission to reply to Jacob Brock. Or, okay, Jacob. Go look up the Texas ASL Club. Yes. It's online. That would probably be a good idea. Search Bonsai Newsletter. Yes, great newsletter. Come up with it there. Yeah. And uh, get those guys an email yourself. Either way, guys, help us to help you. Yes. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Email her from Mark Brooks. Hi, guys. I think this is our first email from Mark. I just learned of your podcast. Well, yeah, I guess it is. I just learned of your podcast. I've been out of ASL for several years but played a scenario while at PrezCon in Virginia last week. Oh, good. The guy I played mentioned y'all, so I subscribed and listened to you for six hours while I drove back to North Carolina. Yes, now that, that must have been horrible. Oh, really? <laughs> Couldn't. I guess there's no radio reception of any kind out there in the mountains. Uh, by the way, we played T1, Gav and Take, and I won as the Americans with a turn to spare. I must say... The dice were very kind to me. I went back and started at Podcast One, and I'm working my way through them. I listen while I'm working out at the gym. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Mark Brooks from North Carolina. Thank you. Mark, Thank nice you, to know. Always nice to know. There are always new people popping up. And, you know, that really is very cool when I come upon a website, a podcast, or blog, or something that I like, and there's a, a great library to draw from. It's a little overwhelming, but it's it's also very nice to to see all that stuff. I get very excited. Yes, indeed. I guess I'm remembering uh, Bill Forg, which you you read his letter just moments ago. I guess I replied to that letter. 
I, you did. I, apparently, I have a short-term memory problem, too, <laughs> I know, from... I know. I have a doing, recall problem. Yeah. You have a short-term memory I, problem. I, 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 I. But I wrote Bill and thanked him for his letter, and I said, um, you know, he had said that he plays by Vassal, and I said, yes, Vassal is a wonderful thing. Neither Dave or I have ever used it, but we're intrigued by its most, obviously, its most obvious benefit. You can play ASL while not wearing pants. Sounds like a typical Jeff response. <laughs> what could be better than that? <laughs> Unfortunately, the wearing of pants is mandatory at Passel gatherings, which you can experience <laughs> for yourself in the near future. <laughs> so then Bill wrote back and said, Yes, pants is optional. Uh, pants optional is definitely a good reason for playing Vassal. Here are more reasons to play, to play virtual ASL. Yeah. B- play ASL on the computer. Yeah. Number one, and we'll stop numbering after this, we'll probably get lost. Yes. Honey, I really need two new 27-inch monitors for my game. Number next. (laughs) You can use your dice cup for beer. (laughs) You can execute your victory dances without embarrassment or envy. Yeah, that's really true. Your opponents can't smell you. (laughs) So you don't have to shower for days. You can pretend to listen to your wife while playing. <laughs> you can watch funny YouTube videos while your opponent is thinking. Boy, my opponents would have plenty of time. They could watch Gone with the Wind while I'm thinking. <laughs> you can store all of your counters, boards, and overlays on a USB thumb drive. No box art to review. Hey, that's not funny. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's one of the, that's a detriment. <laughs> Counters and boards are never out of stock or print. Boy, that is so true, isn't it? Though it makes me wonder why we why we haven't done Vassal. Because we love the physicalness of the game. We do. You can get as many opponents as you like by pretending to be a hot college coed, <laughs> <laughs> like Manitikau, Manitikau, Manitou. The football guy. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you could keep your ASL addiction where it belongs. In the privacy of your, your own, own home. home. <laughs> These are good reasons. You can play in bed with another guy and no one will know. <laughs> oh, you know, he should have told us the rating he on really, these. Yeah. Or we should have pre-read them before. He's really nailed it. (laughs) No counters to clip. Yeah, very true. C4 counter counter. What was that guy's name? King. uh, Dave King. Yeah. Dave King. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He wouldn't like to hear that. You could probably, there's probably a virtual counter cutter of some (laughs) kind. Oh, right, right. Uh, If you are lonely and by yourself in a hotel while on a business trip, you can still play ASL. There you go. True, true. You can tell your kids that you are finally getting into video games. Oh, my God. When the cat attacks your game, you can recover by just hitting the undo key. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we should have broke this into like three segments. And yeah, really. This for There's more. a lot of goods here. You can zoom in enough to identify the counters without, without needing, needing your, your glasses. glasses. Oh. Thanks for helping me out. Oh my gosh, that is so true. I'm starting. I I have to wear binoculars now to see the counters. Oh, 
You have an exact log of your game so you can replay your glorious victory for your friends and family over and over and over and over. Along with your slides from your 1968 yeah, really. vacation. Yeah, yeah. Your trip to Devil's Tower. You can play your cool iTunes playlist of military movie soundtracks in the background. Ah, <laughs> but they are cool. Wait, they are cool. Being, that's a serious one. That's that's it like not a, a joke. That's serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you get to play I, your cool music. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. If you're losing, <laughs> you can fake dumping your beer on your keyboard to quit the game. <laughs> I always just say power outage. You can blame it on the inter- your internet service provider. Oh, wow, power outage. <laughs> Computer crash. Very small mice in the yeah, Stalingrad. I've always got, I've always got one. <laughs> oh. And finally, and number one number, or fifteen or yeah, twenty, whatever, whatever this marvelous uh, submission has in it, you can play your monster scenario without taking over the dining room table for the summer. True, 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 true. true. Very good. Wow, though. Bill. Thanks. That was just too funny. Yeah. And this from Eric from Stockholm, Sweden. Eric, cool, from Sweden. He says he's enjoying the podcast and uh, gives some background of his gaming here. He says the newbie do episodes were great. Jeff, we hear that a lot, yeah, and we, we are remiss on that. Yeah. I keep blaming Jeff for that, although I think I agreed. We, I, you gave me permission to go ahead and do something on my own, too, with a kind of teaching training, newbie yes. thing. Or Neither one of us have had the time. We just Maybe this summer it. we can really, really concentrate do on two, two or three more. Yes. Grab Mike Lemke or someone. Yep. Yes. And he says, um, I, I'm not an ASL player. I do have war gamers background, so I, catch, I do catch most overall discussions. Really enjoy the historical discussions and tidbits as well. Well, you would have enjoyed last episode. We had a lot of tidbits. <laughs> a lot we of had tids and bits and everything. And not a lot of ASL. Yeah. So I would love to get some more how to get started, and especially start to get one. And I says, I know the solitaire is not the main focus of ASL, but that would greatly interest me as well, as my friends currently lack interest. Well, I did sell my copy of Solitaire ASL, but... When did you sell that? Like a year or two ago. Oh. And, and why? I don't remember. Because am no. I ever playing Solitaire? Again well, in my no, life, but it, but it is ASL product. Yeah, yeah. I just was cleaning out, got rid of some stuff, mm. and you know, it was kind of when I was giving up on third party things. Oh yes, right. And was cleaning a lot out, and then suddenly got way back into third party things. We had a few donations from donors for the show, and you knew Broadway Dracula was moving in <laughs> with his steamer trunk full of flamboyant outfits, and you had to make room. <laughs> <laughs> And so I kind of got back into it again. Now I'm kind of even bought the soft tea stuff. We'll review today. Uh, yeah, on my own. Yeah, they didn't even send that to us. So I'm like, okay, I'm back into third party stuff. Well, maybe you can press the undo <laughs> key on that. And... But solitaire worth a shot. There's probably a lot of guys out there playing solitaire. Yeah, probably so. And it wasn't bad. I played, I think, 13 sessions of the thing. Um, so yeah, well, we... and it, there's almost no reason to play solitaire anymore. If you have a computer, you can play oh. Vassal. So yeah, a lot of good reasons. As we know, true to play Vassal, not the least of which is it's fun to play ASL with through Vassal. Yes, so, thank, thank you, Eric. That's another one. Uh, we had a few posts on the last show from Robin. Robin? Hmm. Uh, well, it says here, 
I heard you making fun of me, but I still love you. Hmm. Wonder who that's for. Is that a reminder? <laughs> yes. Yes. She brought that we entire not... room of furniture during our, our last. And we uh, were not making. Fun we weren't of making her. fun of her. No, it was just a funny situation. So, um, and we've made up. And she posted again. <laughs> I'm still listening. She was so she listened to our episode, which is marvelous. Heard, yes, better than she, some wives. She, she, <laughs> let me tell you. And you can say that because she's your not wife listening. doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, Robin always listens. Uh, still listening. I was not making that banging noise to get you to help me. Everyone who knows us knows I am the superior carpenter. Well, it's true. She is the superior carpenter. She knows which end of a of a saw to hold on to. And I'm not sure I do. Does that explain your nine fingers, Frodo? <laughs> yeah, yes. And my half a half a head. <laughs> Zombie look. Yeah. Thanks, Robin. And I have a letter from Auburn Winds on our little tweet. Well, I had he had said don't do the stereo thing again. It causes mental illness when wearing earbuds. <laughs> and I apologize again for that. We thought that was fine. I actually thought doing the show in stereo would be cool. It was kind of cool. But uh, nobody really liked it. No, and I don't think we're doing the audio kind of experience that I was experiencing on that H.P. Lovecraft podcast. Yeah. More spooky stuff. Yes. You hear a bat fly across the room in your headphones, and I literally turn... Even on the exercise bike at the gym, I turn to the side when I hear something in my right ear, you know. Um, so maybe it just isn't for us. Yeah. Okay, we promise. Unless we change our minds. Okay, we've got one last letter. And that's now, a this physical one, this letter. This is unusual. Isn't it, Jeff? This is, I haven't seen one of these in a long time. It's actually got a stamp on it. So I haven't read this. Dave just handed this over. Yeah, it came in the mail, actually. Look at that. I'm hoping this is uh, my acceptance letter into the uh, Foreign Legion. Oh, no, it's not. This is from the Rolling Hills Senior Community. Dear Mr. Kleinschmidt, At our senior living community, we have a large art appreciation club. Oh. We meet the last Thursday of each month to learn about famous artists and discuss their work. Oh. We would like to invite Mr. Bob Holmstrom to talk at our meeting. He oh. obviously is experienced. What, what about me? At art. Dave, too? Well, that's just the first paragraph. Oh, okay. Let me go on. Yeah, I'm sure you're in. I mean, Bob did a great job on that, but yeah, I can't. He did. He did really an excellent, excellent job. It's really good. Uh, also, most of our members of the art club are hardcore ASL players. In fact, we just finished a Red Barricades campaign game. All the seniors here love to listen to your podcast. Double bonus, then, if Mr. Holmstrom could attend and discuss art. Oh. Plus ASL. Well, isn't yeah. that nice? They really mm-hmm. like Bob. It's yeah, great for that Bob. Bob is, he, you know, Bob really did a great job on that art. Yeah. Box art review last time. I do okay, too, exceptional. don't I? Huh? I do good, too, don't I? What? On the box art. You do box art review? Oh, stop it now. (laughs) On a side note, several of the girls noticed your reading list. May I recommend The Secret Life of Bees by Sue Kidd and Divine Secrets of the Yaha Yaha Sisterhood by Rebecca Wells? 
<laughs> Anyone that likes Clan of the Cave Bear will love these books. And I, I would add, I might add, so add uh, also the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <laughs> you would like that one. Keep up the box art reviews. Sincerely, Sarah Cooper, President of Palatine Art Appreciation Club. P.S. Have you been to the Picasso exhibit at the Art Institute of Chicago? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. So they just asked for Bob? Yeah, Bob Holmstrom. And that's from the Palatine Retirement yeah, pa- Home yeah, Art? Yeah, Senior Community Center. They have an art club. They know art there. They're, they're asking for Bob. They know their art. They know an expert when they hear one. This is a joke letter. For, what? I don't know. It's written on paper. It's typed. And the return address is like where I used to live. That's freaky. You can't... Uh, Almost where I used to live. You don't fake stuff on paper with typewriters. Who He's, would do that? Well, anyway, thanks for writing, ladies. We'll contact Bob and see. Yeah, I'm sure Bob now, will head right Who's sending us these creative things? Yeah, I don't know. Well, and now it's time for... What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? And what have you been playing lately, Jeff? My God, that's a beautiful song. <laughs> uh Well, I have actually been playing. Which is lately. More than late. More yeah. than usual. More than usual. Lately. I have actually played three times since our last uh, g- gathering here in the broadcast foxhole with Rich Spilkey. Rich and I... Rich, well, I have... De- Rich has decided to take me under his wing, as have you, and help me learn to play better. And that means playing more. So Yes, and I have been remiss since I've been stuck in the last bid. Well, yeah, you've been stuck in the last now. bid, and you've got, you've got a lot going on. It's a little harder for your schedule. Rich, his kids are grown up, and you know, so he's got uh, Saturdays and Sundays off. So we've played three different scenarios over the last six weeks. The first one was second crack at... Calmont. Yes. You know this one? I do. Okay, this is ASL uh, AP32. Takes place in France, June of 1944. American British? I mean, American German? The, is it? Yes, Americans okay. against the German, and the Americans win by controlling uh, multi level stone buildings, provided the Germans have amassed fewer than 29. Victory points. So cap. I like the cap. I played the American. Uh, I played the Germans during this one, and um, I did. You know, it was interesting. Rich is a very good, like you, very patient. Helps yes. me. Helps me learn things. Explains things as he goes along, and uh, so I've been doing okay. One of the things, uh, one of the interesting things about this is that there are lots of stone buildings, and all, even the single. Um, Hex buildings are multi-level buildings. And what I did was I distributed my German forces in a lot of those single-hex multi-story buildings. Then he would move in. Underneath them? Underneath. Encircled for I'd be encircled. To, or yep. uh, for I'd, have a cutoff path, yep. exit path. And then, yep. kaboom. Yep. Then he'd, he'd take care of me, and that was really dumb. So that was... And I, I will say this, and I'm going to probably say this three times as I talk about these three scenarios, if we get through all three of them. We will. One thing that I really need to do that will help me better as a player is to really understand the victory conditions. Not just read them and understand it, but under, 
understand the concept behind them. And I don't do that. How I'm so, so busy. Well, it's like it's like sailing a ship, Dave. I'm onto this <laughs> this metaphor lately. I'm learning how to trim the the mizzen mast and the jib sail. I'm learning about nav- celestial uh-huh. navigation. I'm learning about currents, about waves. I'm learning about knots. I'm learning about canvas. Everything. And I'm not concentrating enough on the fact that I'm trying to get my boat to a destination. Correct. So you can end up missing the destination. Totally missing caught the destination. Caught up in the, um, in the tactics. Uh, in, but yeah. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah, and you know, FDR referred to uh, an analogy like that in one of his fireside chats that the building of a ship, you see the the, uh, the main areas going up, the spine, the rib cage of the ship. Yeah. It's hard to tell what they're building there, but you just got to have some trust. Eventually, that's going to become a ship and be a seaworthy vessel. Not exactly the same analogy. Because <laughs> when you're doing all these economic programs, you yeah. can't tell they're going to help the economy as a whole. But in the end, hopefully, they will. Yes. It's hard to tell yeah. what they're doing by looking at the parts. So you're looking at the parts and losing sight of what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. yes the and, that, kind of and that does relate. So I'm I'm learning to uh, handle all of those different tools that squad leader gives you mm-hmm. in each one of these scenarios, but I'm not concentrating enough on the end result. So something really – it's taken me the last three scenarios to figure that out because I had that same problem in all three of the scenarios. I didn't play poorly, but I didn't go toward the victory conditions. I didn't keep right. those really in mind and plan a strategy that would that would make those things come about. So that was that's all I'm going to say about that particular scenario. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Had a good time. Well, good. Yeah. Uh, should I do another one? <clears throat> oh, yeah. I think you do all three. Okay. Because it will be a month before we record again. You may have two, three more. I played Sting of the Italian Hornet, which is oh. a friendly fire scenario. That's why I haven't heard of that one. Number 29. I should have given credit to whoever designed the last one. This one is designed by... Peter, let's see, Rich took a picture of this with his phone. It's hard to read. Peter uh, Strugif or something like okay. that. And Chris Maisie. Um, this pits the Italians against the British in Sicily, 1943. The Cana- well, it's the Canadians, actually, not the mm-hmm. British. The Canadians yeah. win at game end if they control more than or equal to nine stone buildings on one of the boards plus two factories. I played the, yes, yeah, Rich played the Italians, of course, and I played the Canadians. The problem I had here, again, was not paying enough attention that I had to control those factories. I didn't put enough pressure onto those factories. Uh, That was really, it became evident by about turn five, and there was no way I could catch up. Yeah. Right. Too, moving too slowly, you think, or troops in the wrong areas? A little bit too cautiously. Also, there are some tanks that come upon uh, that that come on on turn one, and I'm not. I don't use my tanks well enough. Yeah, you know, I'm. I think I'm just I'm learning really, to be aggressive enough. We talked about that overrunning. Yes, Carl Noriega's uh, um, article in the journal earlier last show, and yeah, I'm trying to really think about that, learn from that, and be more aggressive. Like I see Bob doing. He'll take a little white scout car or something, I forget what he had, 30 movement points, 
and he's overrunning me multiple times. Yes. And I turn, I'm like, what the heck is this? Yeah. This little thing is zipping all up and down the street. Yeah, I'm I like, know. this is not historically yeah. accurate. And I can't kill the darn thing because I keep rolling 11s or something, you know? Well. And he's willing to lose the ship. I mean, the boat, the ship, the boat. The, yeah. When you build a ship, it's hard to yeah, tell yes. what you're making from the ribs. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I understand exactly what you're saying. I have yeah. got to master the the vehicle taxes. And I feel like I'm on the edge now of doing that. How many games have I played? Until you get the right tutor. Because, again, for 500, 800 true. games, yes. I was, we were willing to sit back and shoot away with just the main armament and the machine guns. Right. Hope you break them and then move. But in the end game, you don't have time to sit there and get a quick No, that's true. Yeah. You have to move into that hex. You have to move around. You have to do things. And I always run into problems where the tanks uh, get bogged down. No, I don't mean bogged. Oh. But get into the wrong position and then they can't move effectively. effectively yeah. Or they are not protected by any infantry. Supporting infantry. Get- that's my mantra, mantra to Dave Timonen. Get them covered with some infantry. I'll come in there and take them out yep. somehow. Yep, or there's a gun somewhere that's that just hidden blows side the heck shot. out of them. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, and it, my on, on this scenario, Rich had Rich had a uh, very effective gun in, a, in that he revealed in the center of the board. I had a couple of tanks moving up the middle. He revealed this gun, and it was they. He was just killing. Boom, me. boom, multiple tanks. So one tank was behind a stone building. So it was just a, a single hex stone building. Yeah. And the tank was out of the line of sight of his gun. And I thought, well, I can't mo- It's fine, but I can't move, move it. Move out of there. Well, I can't, what can I do? I can't shoot back. So I had this idea. I moved the tank into the stone building. Oh, that's not so bad. Bog check. I rubble. did not fail the bog check. Rubble I'm, building? I did not rubble the building. Fall in the cellar? Nope. I'm trying to think of everything. Nope. Everything worked oh, out fine. Then he took a shot at me and rolled very low and <laughs> killed you in the building. Yeah, burning wreck. Burning wreck. Yeah. But he was impressed with that too. With that, yes, uh, that idea that I came up with. So I felt good about that and had a lot of fun with that scenario. Cool. That is a great story, yeah. Jeff. Really. Um, the other day we played a Pacific scenario: alligator tanks from Blood and Jungle. I was very yes. happy to okay. be playing something from Blood and Jungle because yes. we, we really liked reviewing that, and it was really nice of uh, of them to send us that. Yep, Sam. A, Sam sent us that, which was nice. This was number 50 from that scenario pack, The of course, the Americans against the Japanese. Japanese, of course. Rich played the Japanese. In this one, the Americans win at game end by controlling or eliminating three pillboxes uh, without losing too many victory points by the Japanese. So this was one where I came up, came on to the boards and had to move across. I spread everybody out in a line, moved across, and had to do a lot of searching. Oh. So I wanted to expose anything. I didn't want to have anything sneaking up behind yeah, me. He, had, a, he had an AA gun. Wanted to be sure I got that. You know, didn't get surprised by that. And also wanted to be sure that the, that the pillboxes weren't behind me so i had to do a lot of searching moving ahead slowly did did quite well with it where i fell apart here was that i had five afvs they were both fully tracked vehicles there were three of one and two of another both fully tracked vehicles but they were small one has a 37 ll and the other was just uh, any aircraft machine guns 
the problem with both of them was that they had rear-mounted machine guns so that in order to fire them, fire the machine guns effectively, you had to be behind. You know, kind of like when we talked yes. about half-tracks, how they had those machine guns that only fired in covered arc, the rear-covered right, arcs, or, ones, yeah. or half of the rear-covered arc. Mm-hmm. So I had some problem with that. The other problem was that he blew them up and got <laughs> and got victory points. Oh, now, yeah. <laughs> the thing it says here was, enter on turn one or later. Mm. I could have held those back until later in the game and then brought them on. I could have set the infantry to go up and to eliminate some stuff. Yep. Then bring the uh, AFEs on later. But I brought them on too early, and he he blew them up. Yep. He shot at them, and they blew up. And when they uh, and they burn wrecked. They burn. <laughs> See, wrecked. when I shoot a lot of tanks, I miss or bounce the yeah. shell or whatever. But. Well, these had you know one or zero armor factors. One of the interesting things was that the 37L had the had the con, the I can't remember the name of it. Oh, the c- canister. The canister. Thank oh, you. Okay. I've never shot the canister before. That's really cool. You fire yep. at a vertex and it covers 3 hexes. I managed to get a couple shots off with it wasn't effective either time and then he blew up. Oh, yeah. So and so, yeah, <laughs> disappointing there. I suppose, disappointing, but. but a lot of fun, a lot of fun, and um, it was good to be playing the Japanese again. We learned about a lot about panjis and about pillboxes, and we're going to be talking about that stuff in future episodes. Yeah, so coming up with tuned, the future release of what game? Rising Sun Rising is now Sun. for pre-order, and I wrote them. I put in my pre-order, and now I'm I've been standing by the mailbox. And ever I have since. my pre-order with Alex Key. Oh, you do? Yep. Gives us a good deal. You're saving money. Yeah. I should have reminded you, maybe. <clears throat> well, I, I like to buy directly from MMP because I know how much they appreciate it, and they like to call in and thank us. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. And what I was playing lately is, can yeah, you tell guess? Me. Tell me. What? Can you guess what game I was playing lately? Advanced Squad Leader. And what scenario? No idea. The last, oh, the last bid. bid. Yes. You have been playing. How's that going? And all, Well, all I can say is we missed three weeks, I think. So while you were playing more ASL, we were playing less ASL. Mm-hmm. Well, you uh, got four guys. It's hard to coordinate. It was hard guys. to coordinate yeah. for a period. And we don't get bent out of shape about it. We just all go, okay, okay, we'll do something else. And so I had played D&D with boys and with yeah. Bridget's group and did something else on the other week or had a week off of gaming. What? Oddly, yes. Uh, and the last bid, the Russian reinforcements here, we're going into turn 13. And you're, you are? Russian. Okay. Have just got in here. They get a bunch of assault engineers with flamethrowers, DC, and that we needed desperately. And they just got in to shore up. I don't know how to describe the board. I guess I should have it out or something. But the factories. The hexes. The, yeah. the factories had fallen okay. previously, and now they were... Dave Tuna was battling up on my left flank, and there's this multi-hex building on the left there, um, and I am holding on to it. And he's got a 150-millimeter gun on a tank up there that's just anytime it hits, you're KI'd. And a uh, 10-3 stack, like a 30 10-3 against Whoa. my fortified position plus 4, so 30 plus 1. Yeah, we're seeing stacks of guys get vapoed, you know, eliminated. It's just brutal, and like I described before, but we're holding there, and Tom is still holding across the street, 
from Mark Woods. Mark Woods has made some progress. Captured one building on the far right flank. So I think they need like six more out of ten to take before the end. And it's starting to look a little challenging. Mm. German reinforcements hit my left flank where mine came up. My one Russian tank has knocked out two or three of his tanks. Good. I have good. another one that's small. He just immobilized one, and then he got immobilized too. And but anyway, point being, on the right side we took the sellers. Tom took the sellers in these three multi three hex multi hex building, one building three hexes, was in the sellers in all three hexes, and managed to break, and he can't route up apparently, without being eliminated for failure. For, he can't route up adjacent to the enemy, right? Right. So right. we looked all over the rules, unless someone could find something to help us out. Uh, we think those three squads are eliminated. Oh. Um, they can't stay there. They can't stay adjacent. adjacent. They can't oh. come up from the cellar because yeah. they're adjacent to ground-level troops. Right. So whereas if you're at ground level, you can move up to the second level. You're not adjacent to any enemy. But when you're in the cellar... And that building, we realized, should have some trenches coming out of it. That would connect to the cellar. Yeah. Like they knocked a hole in the ground right. through the wall. And so where I'm set up on the left flank, I got a lot of trenches and anti-tank ditches going across it. I all connect to a gully, so it's just a beautiful place I can shift around. Yeah. Tom didn't have that, so uh-huh. we think those three guys were lost. So that's what we learned playing that game. And as Tom said, well, I didn't understand fully. The, and I said, Tom, neither do I. You know, we played. Yeah. The cellar sounded great. Yeah. Plus four protection. You know, now we know. Yeah. For next time. So. Yep. But still going good. That's how you learn. Well, it's fun. Uh, how many sessions have you played now? Do you think about I six? did not add it up for tonight. I'd say six or more. Yeah. And Thirty plus hours. Wow. Yeah. And we're on turn thirteen. And we're playing a little slow because you know. Now is there? The how many new. turns are there? Is it twenty one? That way. Oh, okay. 21, and we're going into 13. So you're two-thirds done. Next about. time. Yeah, getting You're close. getting there. And we should know by turn 20, if if we hold the Germans out. Yeah. Or we're at, for sure it'll be over by turn 19, 20. Yeah. But if they take a bunch and we have chances to counterattack, who knows? Yeah. Uh, the last of our reinforcements did come on here, and so now everything's on the board. Is, is this, this is your first... Really? Big campaign game? Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. Well, I played a Conf Group Piper game with Matt Ramsey. It was going to be the shortest of the Conf Group games, so really pretty short, like a two-day thing or something. And I totally obliterated him in the first turn, mm-hmm. and I could have ran these vehicles off, and we didn't know if the scenario was broken or if I got really lucky, but I could have won it on the first day. So yeah. we just quit it. Yeah. yeah. No, wait, we played another one. No, I played the large. Yeah, I played the large conf group game. I don't remember what it's called from conf group one. It's it's like the last bid. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and we did it like three or four planes, and it wasn't busted. We had several separate battles going on around the French area there. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked that a lot too. Yeah, and that seemed like a lot of separate little battles, but it was only two of us. It wasn't like 120 counters like we're talking about yeah. here. Yeah, 150 counters in last bid, um, but it. This is one huge long line, you know, trying to protect those factories. So yeah, yeah. Did you get pictures? Do you have pictures? We do bunch okay. I, for each no, session. We'll have to put them or, yeah, yeah. So, and that's what you've been playing lately. That's pretty good stuff. That's good stuff. Someday we'll have to get out Tarawa. Interested at some point? Played them all with Dave Timonen, but not 
I think we played the biggest scenario too in that one. No, maybe we, but no campaign game, so maybe so. Or something I got right here in this little magazine, oh, Jeffrey. Wait a minute, a magazine? That's a magazine I haven't seen. Well, it didn't come in a box, but we could still call it. What's, What's in the box? Very exciting. I didn't. I did not know. And I ordered two LFT products from you. You didn't tell me. The man who makes the what? Oh, the dice. Those wonderful dice. Chris Dory. Chris Dory. And with that shipment, I got a Panzer Panzer knocking dice for free with my purchase. And wow. I ordered both Comp Group Share, which we may not get to today. Yeah. Or we might. Um, and Le Franc Terreur, the Crimean campaign. And you ordered these from Chris. Number 13. He had a sale. And, you know, oh, he did. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, I got so much ASL stuff. And then he sent out an email. Oh, this is on sale. And ah, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> Just was grab one of, those, one of those. We lost our lease. Everything must go. Yeah. Yeah. We've slashed our prices. Yeah. Well, they still cost quite a bit for Moving the two sale. products. But yeah. a lot of weight right here. And take a look at that die. What do you notice? I notice I don't have my glasses with me. Well, let's see. What do I notice? It's a trick question. Uh, well, there's no six on it. There are other missing one, two, so, three, four. There's no five or six. So there's a pin break instead of the six. Ah, correct. So if you roll a six, you are pinned on your check to have a Panzer Shrek. Ah, I'm not sure about that's the break what this portion, is. but yeah. <clears throat> it's somewhere in the rules. Do you break? You don't break. I your, don't remember. No, you don't. But I know you okay. pin if you can't find it or something. So, and then on the five, instead of a five, it says plus one non AFV half squad crew CX uh, Panzer PFK. What that's that again? That's oh, the, the early war yeah, Panzer Faust. Right. Little Panzer Faust Klein or the little, Kleine, little right. Kleine Kleinschmidt, yeah. little yeah. Smith, right. And, and so what's the and so that's just the modifiers that apply to the die roll. They're oh, okay. Just there for you. All right. And then what's on the one? The one is a Piat, maybe. No. Yeah. Is so, it a Piat? Well, um, it kind of looks like a Piat. It looks like a oh yeah. I'm sorry because right, the Panzer Shreks you don't have, so it's a Panzer Panzer Faust, the German Panzer Faust. So when you roll one. And that other symbol is an anti-tank magnetic mine. Yes, anti-tank magnetic mine. So that shows you you need to that? roll that to get it. Okay. And for the two? For the two, same, same symbols. Thing. Yep, yep, you get them on symbols. a one or two, and then a three. Same thing. Yep, you get them on a three or less. And then it's a, a four normal. There's just the the Panzer Shrek, but no anti-tank. But then there's 46, negative one. I can't. Oh, and oh, then that's my eyes are hurting. In you know what? Certain I need, years, I need some more. Um, you do some telemordu to get you through the second I show. Tele- I need some more telemordu. So on the four, there's a neg one in 1945. It says. Oh, okay. So you could get a Panzer Faust on a four less than 45. See? Okay. Yeah. And then on five, it gave you the pluses and six. Told reminded you you're pinned. I think that's a greatly marvelous ASL invention. That is very cool, yeah. but... Well-designed. It's, it's a lot of rules for a six-sided die. But it's 
all right there. Yeah. So you roll. Oh, I'm pinned. Yes. You don't have to look up what a six means. Yes. Oh, that has a symbol of uh, Panzerfaust. I must have had it. Yeah. Oh, this is 45. That actually no, is very handy. That is handy. And um, there you go. Got that free with my He's order. always thinking, Chris. Yeah. Yes, he is thinking. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And so, LaFranc Terreur, well, when I planned to come over tonight, I couldn't find the sheet of paper that I wrote my notes on for this issue. That's a big issue. It's a thick, marvelous... Is this an old one, a new one? This is the new one. The Order. Crimean campaign. This is what got me to go in, and then since I was buying it, I thought I'd grab that conf group share, which we talked about about a year ago or half a year ago. It had the winter boards, remember? And we were like, oh, they stole Dave Kleinter's oh, idea. yes. Okay, but we're not doing that now. We're oh, doing LFT 13. I need that. You bring over your stuff and then I want it. Well, we, we could, mm. I could probably just give it to you because I'll, I'll, I have so much stuff to play. Yeah. And so well, the, the typical LFT stuff, all right? But it's dedicated to our friends who passed away. Mes amis. Jean-Christophe Frenet oh. passed away. Oh. Another ASL player, Jeff. Really? Passing away. That name is actually... Uh, Frenet? Familiar, because I've read through some of their things. 42 years old. Oh, yeah. So a tragic, yeah. tragic loss. Um, but boy, you know, you play an ASL for this long, you're reminded of your mortality. Yes. Which you should be. Every day. And here's the opening from Xavier. Xavier, mm-hmm. right? Xavier, who we have to interview yet. Yeah, we got it. Who is definitely on our list. And look at him posing by the, what is that? A, that's an SJS2, Stalin or something tank right there. The Russian writing on it. And then there's this little quiz. And on this quiz, on my sheet of paper, I wrote my notes on I can't find. I noted how many I got right. And it's a 20... <laughs> 20-question quiz, and I think... Give me I, one question. Just pick one at random. I, and I, but I scored... I will... Okay. I scored I'll out bet of you like, did. Okay, good player. Yeah. Not the greatest, but good. Um, we should use these questions on our next uh, Google Hangout when we're going to do Jeopardy. Do we, ASL we Jeopardy. sure could. Yeah. How about this one? Which heat of battle dyro modifier for a broken... Russian partisan leader should be used. Plus one, plus two, or plus three? Uh, plus four. No, I'll say um, D. There is no D. Oh. Uh, two? Plus two is correct, Jeffrey. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Right? You heard the confidence in my voice, I'm sure. Because he's broken. I got that right, too, but I can't remember why. Heat of battle, dyro modifier. Oh, yeah. Russian and broken. Yeah, Isn't there's the no human, the human, modifier for partisan. The human brain is amazing. Because there are guys that do know all that stuff because they played enough. It is amazing. May a dashing unit place infantry smoke prior to the dash? No. I believe it's yes, and the answer is yes. It says here on four pages. No, well, it's no. Sorry. I'm saying no. In Jeff's rules, right. it's no. I'm rewriting the yeah, rules. You have enough moving factors to toss that smoke out. So I enjoyed that little quiz. Okay. So it's not like a salt move or uh No, it minimum. feels like it, yeah. cause, but you're going into the street and then into yeah. the Yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense. Now, here's a little article on the USO. Can you dash and then place smoke? Sure. Why would you want to? 
Well, for guys coming behind you, but then it would right. still apply to guys going before you. I mean, you could do it. It'd still be there. But I don't know if you remember the bagpiper counter. I do. Okay. I do remember the comedy bag. counter with rules and everything. Yeah. And then there was the uh, bomb dog, uh, death dog. What was it? Yes, uh, the death dogs. Whatever they had bombed. The on. Russian. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, this is Bob Hope and his road show in ASL. So they give you the rules for using Bob Hope. <laughs> oh, my God. No, really. <laughs> really? Yeah. Bob Hope's represented by a special single man counter with a strength factor of 0010. If he fails a morale check, he's to have suffered bad press and flipped over to his career crisis side. All right. Monologue is the first action of his rally phase. The Allied player may declare that Bob Hope has begun to deliver his monologue. Okay, and that affects, like, the morale and rallying of all the units around him. <laughs> wow. It's, it's quite great. And look at that. Remember these big cartoons they have. Hey, hey, everybody. A moose bit my sister. <laughs> Second act. Rule BH 3.0. Guest stars. That is the theme from the Bob Hope Show. It is, yeah. Thanks for the memories. Boy, that goes back. I was pretty young in those days, Jeff. You still are, Dave. Ah, thank you. And, of course, the large cartoon pages. Where else do you get ASL cartoons? Yeah, really? Seriously. Yeah. Look at this. You know, when I was in in high school, I used to read – I, I really got into the martial arts, and I read Black Belt magazine, and they had a cartoon page, like, oh, with cartoons were, about black belts, about stuff? about karate stuff, and wow. it, they were horrible. They were but horrible. These are and good. I remember them so fondly, oh. <laughs> and uh, so I, I haven't seen one of these, but no, these are good. good. And remember their cartoonist? So I praised him last time we did an LFT. Oh yes, thing. yes, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, they're just. They're just great. And then great. Look at the quality here. Great. Yeah. Big they'd really do a good job. Montages. Beautiful color. Aslock 2012. Wow. You know? Takes us there. And 10 questions to Tim Hunsdorfer. And I don't remember meeting Tim Hunsdorfer, but he sounds like a guy we should interview. Yes. Great little interview here. Questions for him here. Um, boy, this I wish I had English. my notes, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> because I wrote something I thought about this that he commented that was very, very good. And now I'm at a loss for this, but he looks like a really funny guy. Well, you know what? Our readers, I mean, our listeners can buy this and go through it and then send us <laughs> their thoughts. Yes, they can. Or yeah. call it in. Oh, here. Well, I'll just read you, read you this. Uh, what, what about historical modules? Do you like them? Which action would you like to see as a historical module? Of course, Red Barricades, the first historical ASL module, is the best. It will never be approached. Valor of the Guards is good, he says, but doesn't have the character of Red Barricades. How could they have left out gunboats? I've never particularly enjoyed Comp Group Piper or Pegasus Bridge, and I thought FB was good. Which one was that? Festung Budapest. Oh, yeah, yeah. But still far short of RB. So look at that. I thought that's what I would share because, of course, I'm playing Red Barricades. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It seems like Festum will be just as good. I would Budapest. Yeah, like a big city. We've heard many, many lots good things of buildings about it. and all. But we'll have to, like you say, play some more and find out for ourselves. 
And then here's where they meet at the Le Corps <sighs> Militaire. We've always commented how great that building is. Yeah. It's really – it's better than the broadcast foxhole. It's better than the Holiday Inn Oak Brook. Yes. And a marvelous article on the Vantore de Monte, which <sighs> is the Romanian Army mountain troops, I believe it was. Oh, really? Yep. Here's how you do a mountain brigade. He lays out the organization, 1942 Mountain Division. So you get a nice historical background, uh, much like the Steve Swan articles in the original – um, annuals. You know what? You can see how great an, a publication they put together. Yeah. You know why? Because? It's because Europeans get six weeks of vacation. Oh. <laughs> well, yes. We only get two, but and our could, publications are crap in comparison. <laughs> you could laze around for those six weeks and waste your time, and they're very industrious. Yeah, they are. Now, these illustrations of the soldiers' uniforms have been yeah, used that's many, good. many, many Indian sources. Gurkha type No, guy? it's just, I don't know what he is. But, oh, I think he's a Romanian. Yeah, that's a Romanian oh, okay. helmet. Um, probably he's from the Mountain Division. But these illustrations I've seen a lot. They Dracula my, was Romanian, wasn't he? Well, speaking of modeling, yeah, these were the illustrations I used to paint my 15-millimeter miniatures and things. Oh. They were in several war books. So ah. I think they're common law because I've seen them in another publication. Yeah. Or, or what do you call that? Yeah. License. Uh, right. Open. Uh, not o- open, open gaming? Uh, no. Public domain. Whatever. Or yeah. they'll be sued if not. And a ski brigade layout. So then we get to this great article about the Crimean campaign itself. Don't know anything about Operation it. Operation Barbarossa was the topic of LFT-7, and most of the scenarios included dealt with the initial onslaught into the Ukraine and Russia until the Soviet counterattack of early December 1941. Before winter came, the large encirclement maneuvers were over, and Hitler decided to launch the bigger strategic movements in order to seize... Vast areas and crippled the Red Army. Leningrad was under siege. Moscow was not that far away. But most important to Germany and its army group south, the oil resources of the Caucasus. Yeah. And looked through a bold attack towards Rostov. And I really enjoyed this article a lot more than this organizational historical article. Yeah. Um, that, that stuff gets, for me, a little technical into minutiae that I'm not really interested in. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, Sevastopol. Mm-hmm. The attack, great photos Sebastopol here. Sebastopol Stallone. I loved him in Rocky. Oh, no, here. There's the crime. Oh, Adrian, yo, yo. That's a nice couch. I don't know. This map of the Crimean? <laughs> Where's it, the Crimea River? It No, it's this, you know, and I'm really bad on this part of geography, too. The listeners won't be surprised the, to hear. The earth? But this is down... The peninsula, Crimean Peninsula. And there's this big battles between the Germans to control this. The Russians retake this. There's 13 scenarios here. And look, they put arrows to where they are taking place on this map. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. Although I felt this whole article needed more maps. Mm-hmm. Okay. For us that don't know. Yeah. The Red Army retakes the Crimea. So they lay out the forces. They show you the diagram of the tanks and all in the articles. and the, I mean the illustrations. But they're talking about troop movements here, and I liked the historical um, article of the retaking of it, but needed campaign maps showing troop movements. Yeah. So that's my only criticism of that. All right. And now this section, Berlin Guide. I'm talking about historical games. Oh. Berlin Red Vengeance. Hmm. Originally, A strategy guide for what? Uh, the Berlin Red Vengeance game that you probably oh. haven't heard of, have you? 
No. Or have you? Have no, you I haven't. Anything about those? No, I haven't. No clue. What is that? Heat of Battle originally released this game. I have it, and I've played all the scenarios to it. It is the Fall of Berlin. It has the Reichstag. Okay, really? The yeah. Wow. Himmler's house. Yeah. All that classic stuff, and I loved these scenarios. Came out with rules for placing the red flag on top of the Reichstag and getting wow. points and scenarios. Absolutely excellent. And so I guess it had a campaign game, which I wasn't playing then, so I've forgotten. I still have this game. Uh, there was a critical hit publication of the same topic. Don't know much about that one, mm-hmm. but but I highly recommend this one, and they do too, right? And so look at that. There's the Reichstag photo. That's what it looked like on the map. Oh, look at that. Oh, okay. I wish you I wish the listeners could if see this. Yeah. That's beautiful. And this got me all fired up, not to play Festoon, which I should be playing, or Valor, which I should be playing, but maybe to revisit this one. Yeah. You know, you got these the Marshall Bridge, the you know, Comprison Bridge, uh crossing the Spree River. Um oh, great, great strategy on each one of the bridge crossings. Why it's good for you as a defender as German, why it's not, why it's good for the attack. How to fight through the hospital district on your way in, which look kind of like this, pointing out great fire lanes, important locations. Isn't that fantastic? That is this magnificent work. Like the Berlin Guide. It's like the definitive, like the Tarawa Guide published by MMP. Yeah. I think this is the definitive one for Heat of Battles um, Berlin Red Vengeance game. Then it gets into the historical bits here, the forces. You got your Volkssturm. Those really weak conscript-type troops, right? Your SS are here running around. The whole fall of Berlin is just an amazing thing. This illustration, how to set up a nice little defense with AT mines, roadblocks, wire. What's that that guy's carrying? What's that? What's he carrying? Photo of him with a Panzer Schreck, not a Panzer Faust. The Schreck was like the bazooka type. You know, you reload it and refire it, whereas the Panzer Faust was the one-shot dealie. That was on this dice that we were talking about here from Chris Dory. Uh, then it lays out the uh, benefits of all these types of terrain, AT mines, wire, concealment, and how you buy them. So it gets into the campaign game a lot, too, uh, which, again, I haven't played, but sounds very fascinating. It gets me all fired up again. talks about infantry types, the tank types, the benefits of buying them and not buying them. Is this worth the points? For you, like the anti-tank section, these guns are beauties. In our game, they were unleashed too soon and at the wrong targets, but they also broke down very quickly. But when they were in play, they pretty much ruled the battlefield. Look at the to-kill chart. Shows why. 100-millimeter uh, long gun is a 27-to-kill number. It just breaks down each option to purchase these things, because remember, in a campaign game, you purchase things at the end of each uh, day. Did you know that this was all in this magazine? Oh, no, not at all. You just, just bought it. LFT it was a, 13, yeah. what the yeah. heck. Yeah. You know, if you like buying something. Yeah. And look at that, page after page. And then. Really good value. How much for the two? Well, a lot. 100 and something plus. Yeah, yeah 100 and something. 50, 30. I forget. But I remember going, oh, that's a big hit on my gaming budget. I didn't know that. But it's jam packed full of stuff oh it's been hours and hours and hours just reading this let alone applying it to a campaign game yeah 
Berlin, uh, Berlin, right? What's this article now? Fortifications. Real nice review by Laurent Forrest on fortifications with good diagrams, historical shots, these lovely cartoons, right? How to clearance, labor status. And it's just like a quick... Nice. Uh, primer, should I say? Yeah. 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 It just breaks down the rules again in a different way that makes it easier to comprehend, I think. Fortifications. Not fortified ways. buildings, but fortifications. Right, right. The mines, the wire, the... Pongees. Yeah, it's for a beginner, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. For an experienced player, it would be less valuable. Whereas the uh, Berlin one would be very valuable. And a little charts. Fortifications. Wow. Type of fortification terrain over here. Setup limitations column, allowed units in it column, TEM line of sight, and some ways to remove it. You don't find that on a chart anywhere. You do how to remove it. Chart. Oh, I think I, did he do that too? Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe not exactly. Attack modifications. But that's a nice chart. Movement modifications, right? And a clearance fact sheet. So you look up. Oh, minefield. Oh, it can't be on top of wire and already in a minefield location to remove it. That's the prerequisite. Diromonop, neg one hero, neg two sapper effects if successful. It creates a trail break. I mean, that I love. Yeah, that's really I nice. Always, I always go to the rule book. Yeah. Okay, if I try and clear this, what does it do? What do I have to roll? When do I roll? Is it the rally phase or the summer? I think somewhere in the prep and somewhere in the rally. I forget. Yeah. But. And then there's this. Last article from Enrico Cantanzaro with his own balancing system. And this, the rest I could do without my notes. This one I needed my notes because I had to read it carefully twice. Oh, okay, I think the gist of this was you don't do that Australian balancing system where you pick three options. Right. You just, like, make up what you're willing to give, I think. Sounds too crazy, but it seemed to be the best. Shoot. Oh, okay. Let me think here. Um, How many buildings can the attacker control at game end? Example, the attacker wins at game end if they control this number of buildings. And then you bid how many you think you can win. Oh. Okay? So you're making up your own Australian balancing system. And it's kind of interactive with your opponent. Yes, it is. After you look at the scenario... You decide what the victory conditions are. Yeah, of. it's not. To- I think it was not totally like bidding. Um, it helps. I mean, he's got some good arguments why this is great, but you have to know your stuff to be able to bid this way. Oh yeah, you know, look at the scenario think. and sure. think, oh, there's no way I could take that number of buildings, right. or not. Yeah. Um, his some of his pros of his, but it may make stuff. Um, I wouldn't think you could even even a good player would have a hard time doing it. On a scenario that they haven't played. So maybe a scenario they've played a couple of times, use something like, apply something like this, adds a new character to it. Yeah, and I think his argument... makes you want to play it again. I think his argument was that exactly. Yeah. It resurrects some old ones that yeah. we all have found trouble with. Right. Yeah. Pros, no more unbalanced scenarios. It relies on your skill over dice, so you have to be skilled at doing the betting system. Mm. Simplified playtesting. I don't remember what he meant there. Um. So anyway, and cons of his system, which again I need my notes for that article. Yeah, the cons is it too hard for me? And you thought you were done, but look. Oh no, I thought we were done. Read that but title. Look. 
Broken Bamboo AAR. R-R-R. What's After action report? Yes. For Broken Bamboo, is that something? Yes. Scenario. That is. Okay. So Pierre prowled home, and I read the whole thing, because remember, you know me. Dedicated to my craft. Yes, you are. I have to. Even though you don't remember anything I, or understand it. No. No, I'm but, kidding. <laughs> well. You do. I don't remember what I learned from this one particularly. Yeah. But he was talking about laying out your delaying troops, your reserve troops, hidden guys. And I could see how his plan was well laid but still mm. fell apart in the end. Oh. And why. Okay. But, again, beautifully <clears throat> illustrated. Yeah, gorgeous. And wonderful after-action oh report. God. Look at that Yeah, thing. keeps going and going. Extremely thrilled. This is 97 pages of ASL goodness from LFT. Wow. With an ad for the upcoming Bounty Fire Productions. Poland, Poland in flames. In flames. I can't like a wait. Big one. Let's call Sam. There you go. Now, wow. you thought you were done, Jeff? Yeah. Nope. There's more? I got this. Oh, Dave. That, that is, <laughs> That's a map. That is a map. It's an overlay? That's an overlay. With a lot it's, of what? Well, it's just some, it's a lot of open ground and uh, grain. grain. A lot of grain. Not a grain. And I don't know why I got it. And I'm on a diet where I can't eat grain. <laughs> and there's one building, one single hex building. There but is. You know what I like enough, about it? Yeah. It's got a shadow, like the sun. Look at oh. it. See the building? See the shadow? That's oh, a it nice does. effect. It's wider than most ASL little, little, little shadows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I assume it, I, it I must read, go with. I read the whole magazine. It didn't say. Where it went, but it came with scenarios oh, that I have that. not looked at. Okay, let's look at them. Let's see what we got. Uh, the first one that I have here is called First Soviet Lost. This oh, takes place in uh, Ningang in Jiangai Province, China. China. January 14th, 1929. 29. Wow. So Russian this revolution? Is, this still? is going Pre- back. Yeah. And this pits the Red Chinese against the Red Chinese. The who? The Red Chinese against the Red Chinese. Oh. So like there's a, a little civil war with little infighting going on. Victory conditions. The side with the most victory points at game end wins. Well, I like that. That's very simple. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You shoot the other guy. Yeah, but this is the Red Chinese against the Red Chinese. This, well, I won't read all this, but... Uh, and that's apparently what's going on. This use LFT board two and bounding fire productions board J. Boy, you've got to have your boards. You do. You need to be tied in here with uh, yeah. LFT and with bounding fire. Yeah, they have kind of a little uh, but it's friendship a, going. It's a, which seven, is a great one. Seven turn scenario. It's uh, there are fifteen infantry units on one side yeah, yeah. and twenty. Five or so on the other side. Yeah, you have to have the Chinese there for that. Side and then the partisan troops used for the others, other yeah. side. Elements of the Fifth Workers and Peasants Armor yes. is on uh, on army on one side, and elements of the Warlord Wu Shang's GMD Hunan troops. On oh the other. yeah, that's now, cool. See, that's why I love the. Uh, that is cool. That's why I love the game they did on the Russian Revolution. Yes. Remember how excited I was? Yes, on I remember that. I have one land of fire. LFT 190. They give you the little time to play. It says four hours. Of course, it would take me at least five. Um, 
LFT board one, which is an ocean landing, but I don't see any landing craft, so you're up against the uh, water there. And it's a Russian, German with the uh, Allied troops here, Axis troops with them. And the Crimea, right, because that's the issue. Right, okay. That's why there's the water. And on the back of that, I have Romania Victor. Again, Romanians and Germans as the Axis allies, or Axis partners were the Romanians in these. Winterboard layout here. Again, the Crimea, so that was the focus of the issue. Mm -hmm. I've got the bet. This is interesting. On the On the reverse side of that, of the double Chinese one, is the bet which pits the Germans against the Norwegians in 1940. So... Very much different. There. With the winter boards? Yes, with the winter boards. Then I, I'd like to play this one. Yeah, the Norwegian sound sounds interesting. Victory conditions. The German player wins at game end if of any game turn in which he controls greater than the number of board 17 building rubble hexes which he bid. Oh, this, so this uses the bidding oh, system. Oh, bidding system. And it doesn't have a balance. Okay. Yeah. Rolling Thunder, 1941, Russians against Germans in the Crimea. Okay, continuing the Crimea theme. Uses the Bounding Fire Board N. And then uh, Partisan Stronghold, 1941. This is a short one. Should oh. take about two hours and 45 minutes. Partisans <laughs> against the Romanians. The Romanians win if they have amassed more victory points than the Partisans, which I always like those. Very simple. I have an improvised crossing. 1944, late war, Russian-German, and look, rafts. So if you haven't played your raft rules in a while, you get a chance to there. It's got a lot of special rules, though. And it does say six hours at least, and 20, like, Russian half squads crossing probably all on these I'm just guessing. Oh wow, on the I'm just rafts. guessing. Yeah, look at are you that. shuttling these back and forth or what are you doing here? Right? Cuz I didn't have time to preview the scenarios. Yeah. But that looks like fun. I think it's at night too. No, I don't know. There's black uh turn count um uh squares on that uh on the turns. And then I got a couple more Crimeas. Yep, and one Berlin Germany SS and the conscripts, right? Folkstrom Spital market. You know what I like about this stuff is that it really brings so many aspects of World War II that we don't, don't normally see. What yeah. do we? What do? What do people normally see? Even people that know World War II, they know Normandy. Yep. They know Sicily. They know North Africa. They know the Battle of the Bulge. You know, there's so much. Yeah. Other and they might stuff know Stalingrad, Leningrad, the yeah, three little, Moscow, yep. and. But all these other actions that were going on all over the place. Yeah. Really fascinating. So um, I've got another six scenarios here, but I won't go through them all. But they look great. Yep. Another great LFT product. Full color scenario cards. It's a large size European style. I think I cut mine down to fit them into my little plastic. <gasps> yeah, I do. And so far, And that's... then do you save the strips of paper <laughs> no, that you cut no, off so that no, you can not, take notes? Not going that far on that okay. one. So. Good boy, Dave. You've come a long way. <laughs> well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I yeah, think so. Just, wow, man. just letters and a 
what's in the box yeah. and what you've been playing. And Holy that's a, but it's a lot of ASL talk. Yep. And we hope you're talking to us as you're driving along. Hope we, as we're talking, hope you're joining <laughs> the conversation, even though that may look a little weird. But you know, my my throat's getting a little dry. Mine's it's a like, little sore too. How about a little more Talamor No thanks. I have to drive home. Oh okay. Well then I'll have some. And we thank everybody for sticking with us, if you have, for the whole episode. Once again, thanks for listening, and roll low. And rally well. But not not when you're playing playing us. Boy, what'll they get the next couple of episodes? People excited about those. Those are really good. PTO. Finally, some good stuff. Bye, everybody. Bye. PTO.